0: You're
1: you now We just back and Let me take your away. to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's happening far far away family? Welcome to Star Wars ID Archive. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy because it has been an awesome week out here in the Outer Rim. I got a lot of things accomplished that I have been putting off doing. Don't think that these quotes don't inspire me as well, because they do. But that has nothing to do with today's show. So let's start with a rumor that is floating around the galaxy. And this one is a big one, but I feel like this one may be true. Okay, are you ready? Because the rumor mill is a buzz, spinning faster than a rinker on a hamster wheel. And I got all the juicy details you are looking for. So the word on the street is, Daisy Ridley in Lucasfilms is trying to get John Boyega to reprise his iconic role as Finn. Yeah, you heard that right. In a recent development, it is rumored that John Boyega is being courted by Lucasfilms and Daisy Ridley to reprise his role as Finn in an upcoming Star Wars film. John, who played Finn in the sequel trilogy, has previously expressed mixed feelings about his return to the franchise. In 2019, he said that he didn't think that he would be back, but in 2021, he said that he would be open if the story was right. According to a report by The Hollywood Reporter, Lucasfilms and really are both eager to have Boyega return as Finn. Daisy said that she had personally reached out to John to express her desire to work with him again. It is unclear what role Finn would play in the up-and-coming film. Some rumors suggest that he would be starting his Jedi training, while others say that he could be the leading figure in the Resistance. Whatever the role, John's return would be a major plus for Lucasfilms. He is one of the most popular actors to come out of the sequel trilogy, and his presence would help to generate excitement for the new film. A spokesman for Lucasfilm declined to comment on the rumor, but the news of John's potential return has been met with excitement from fans. Many took to social media to express their desire to see him back. I would love to see John Boyega back as Finn, wrote one fan on Twitter. He is one of the best parts of the sequel trilogy. Another fan said, I'm so glad that Daisy is trying to get John back for the new film. They were such a great duo. Some fans have also expressed concern about John's previous criticism of the sequel trilogy. He said he felt like his character was tokenized and that he was given scraps in terms of development. However, John has since said that he has many defenses with Lucasfilms and said he was open for returning to the franchise. If John Boyega does return as Finn, it would be a significant moment for the franchise. It would show that Lucasfilms is committed to bringing back fan favorite characters and it would give fans a chance to see Finn's story continue. Finn's return could also help to bridge the gap between the sequel trilogy and the upcoming Star Wars projects. He could be a key player in rebuilding the Jedi Order, or he could help to lead the resistance in a new conflict. Of course, it is also possible that Finn's return will be met with mixed reactions from the fans. Some fans may be happy to see him back while other fans may criticize his previous criticisms of the franchise. Ultimately, whether or not John returns as Finn is up to him. However, the rumors of his return are certainly keeping fans excited about the future of the franchise. Finn's character arc in the sequel trilogy was one of the most intriguing aspects of the film, He began as a stormtrooper who defected from the First Order and joined the Resistance. Over the course of the films, he grew into a brave and resourceful leader. Finn's character development was praised by many fans. They appreciated the way that he was shown to be a complex and flawed character who was still capable of great things. If John does return as Finn, there are many possibilities for his character's future in the franchise. He could continue to be a leader of the Resistance, or he could train as a Jedi, or he could also become a diplomat or a politician working to bring peace to the galaxy. No matter what the role he plays, Finn's return would be a welcome addition to the Star Wars universe. He is a beloved character who has a lot of potential for growth and development. The rumors of John's return as Finn in the upcoming film have certainly generated a lot of excitement among fans. It remains to see whether or not he will ultimately agree to reprise his role, but the possibility is certainly intriguing. If he does return, it would be a major plus for Lucasfilm and a significant moment for the franchise, but we will have to wait to see what the Force has in store for the future. Now let's get back to Star Wars Brotherhood, because when we left off last week, we found out some good information. First Mill is now leaving the Jedi Order, she was paired up with a new master, a suggestion from Master Yoda, someone that could help cultivate her abilities. The abilities that have already been enhanced by her new training, because now she was able to see in the Anakin soul, see the dragon in the heart of the sun, which if you ask me is an amazing force ability. So let's jump back into the story and find out what happens next.
0: Obi-Wan Kenobi. Had Obi-Wan ever seen Anakin stunned like that? Not speechless, like when Obi-Wan expressed his gratitude on the rooftop during their escape. And not shock, like when the Republic swooped in over the Geonosian arena. But the eyes closed, silence resulting from a single sentence carrying the weight of the galaxy... He'd overheard Anakin tell Mill part of the Sun Dragon story right after they landed on Coruscant, but he'd simply assumed that it was a tale parents told their children. A fable to steer them in the right direction. This clearly struck Anakin in a much deeper way. Was it because of whatever happened on Tatooine with his mother? Or because of his bond with Mill? Or something to do with Padme? Or all of it? Anakin... He said softly, putting one hand on the armored shoulder of his former Padawan. I have known you since you were a little boy, and not once did you tell me about the Sun Dragon. Anakin opened his eyes and turned to Obi-Wan, a rare wistfulness to the light in his pupils. My mother... he started, his voice trailing off, and Obi-Wan realized that Anakin might be revealing much more than a childhood fable. Perhaps he was finally ready to discuss the recent events on Tatooine, the thing he'd been so cryptically avoiding. My mother, Anakin said again. Obi-Wan gave him space, an invitation for Anakin to finally disclose what had really happened, why it so clearly troubled him. For a moment, Obi-Wan chastised himself for not asking earlier, for not simply acknowledging out loud that he'd be available whenever the truth was ready to surface. On Tatooine, Anakin continued. But such coercion felt against the Jedi way. They lived a life guided by flow, not emotion. Anakin still had to master that fact. Obi-Wan told himself to be patient... And when Anakin was ready, then he would be ready in return, whether that was now or later. If a war slowed that down, then they would figure it out at the right time. The galaxy, after all, needed them at this moment. My mother, he said one more time, before taking in a large gulp of air, and the light shifted in his eyes, she would tell me that story. On hard nights, Obi-Wan smiled, then tucked away his own feelings in the matter for a later, more appropriate time. It's something I kept close. I only seek it when I need to remember what should guide me. His eyes dropped, then his hands adjusted the armor over his chest. I've only told a few people about that. His lips pursed, and Obi-Wan let him be wherever he was until Anakin's focus returned to the hangar bay, surrounded by machines of war. A few people. Did he tell Padme that story? Anakin glanced up, then reached down to the supply crate at their feet for a white armored sleeve before handing it to Obi-Wan. Maybe I'll tell you the full story soon. Over lunch, he said. His mood resetting. It's been a while since I've been to Daxus. This tale clearly meant something to Anakin beyond the usual importance of a child's favorite parable. And if he told Padme about it, if he'd let her behind his defenses, then perhaps she also knew much more, and... Obi-Wan stumped himself there. Letting the thought pass, along with the urge to either confront Anakin about his infatuations or tell the Jedi Council his concerns, instead... He asked himself a simple question, one that crystallized the truth of Anakin's past, present, and future. Did he believe that Anakin would make the right choice when called upon? Obi-Wan watched as Anakin looked at Mill, tracking the youngling with pride across the hangar bay as she strode with confidence. That single look presented the answer plain as day. Because Anakin had given that to Mill, not with force training or lightsaber techniques, but simply by caring. By being Anakin Skywalker, the Chosen One. Without hesitation, without questioning, or searching for justification, Obi-Wan found himself saying yes. Qui-Gon Jinn had a pure and unwavering faith in Anakin. Obi-Wan was merely the conduit for that. And that was all he needed to know. Obi-Wan attached the armor to his forearm, then moved in precise defense motions, seeing if the molded piece of plastoid alloy inhibited him in any way. Just say the word, and I'll have Dex reserve our table. Footsteps approached. A clone trooper with yellow trim across his helmet, trotting up to break their conversation. General... He said, The report you requested. Obi-Wan took the datapad from the clone's outstretched hand before giving a quick dot of acknowledgement. Anakin angled for a look, and Obi-Wan turned the datapad to show him the latest findings. Thank you, Commander Cody. I look forward to working with you more. From Cato Nemoidia? Anakin asked, his brow narrowing as he squinted at the screen. Any pulled toward personal history now reset to the context of war. Indeed, but not quite the business we were involved in. A prisoner transport crashed several days ago on the surface. The official story is that all five prisoners aboard died. Obi-Wan ran his hand through his now trim hair. He scanned through the details on the screen, searching for something concrete, then held it up for Anakin to see. There it is. Anakin pointed at a single line on the data pad screen. Only four bodies were found. File upon file swiped by. A comprehensive list of prisoner histories, transport schematics, crash site investigations, and other key details put together by Republic Intelligence. And one unidentified prisoner is simply presumed dead. Obi-Wan locked eyes with Anakin. A galaxy of possibilities now between them. Shall we go to Dex's now? He does cook well, but I really go more for the conversation. Anakin sent his armor pieces back into the supply crate, then gestured at the exit. It's like you said, whenever it's us, things get complicated. Which was true. But recent weeks had also shown the other side of that. As long as they were together, complications were no challenge. Not for Kenobi and Skywalker. Though they strode forward together with purpose, Obi-Wan caught Anakin looking back over his shoulder. He tracked his gaze across the Beta Master Nima ship as it elevated off the floor, taking Mill Alabeth to her destiny while the two of them walked off toward their own. Rogue had pledged her life to the Naimoidian people, so it seemed fitting that she stared down her end somewhere on the surface of Cato Naimoidia. Since escaping from the disabled prisoner transport, she'd landed somewhere far beneath the city of Caer Unaris, ankle possibly shattered. But a splint and cane, cracked it from vines and branches, got her at least to a place free of wildlife dangers. Enough shelter of wood and rocks and mist to think of some possible plan. And though her options were few, she thought she had a chance. After all, she was a mere political prisoner. Why would she be worth the hunt? Then she saw the platoon attack craft land. Quickly followed by the familiar sound of battle droids unfurling in unison, a clack-clack-clack of activation. So many came into sight, the thick mist in fact, it demonstrated just how many the Trade Federation factories pumped out, as if these war machines were mere data pads for students across the galaxy. Brug estimated nearly a hundred fanned out, marching forward with their clanking rhythm the occasional mechanized voice reporting scans, But in the distance, something appeared. A glow. No, two glows. And despite being cornered between rocks and trees, half buried under leaves and sticks for stealth, Rogue found herself leaning forward, watching in amazement as the back row of battle droids simply disappeared. Then it happened to another row, and another, and another. A systematic erasure, and Ruge blinked to see if perhaps the mist simply got thicker and masked the droids. But no. those two little blue lights buzzed through the droids from behind, cutting through them like a knife through nerf butter. The battle droids finally noticed that their numbers were rapidly diminishing, and nearly in sync, they all turned and began a hail of outward blaster fire. And the red blaster bolts spiraled off in every direction, the blue glows deflecting them as easily as rain bouncing off a speeder's windshield. The blue beams moved in complete harmony, two ends of an infinite tether, One, a blunt instrument, attacking with frightening speed and power, and the other, a graceful dance of precise violence. Where one moved, the other complimented. Where one attacked, the other defended. Where one swept, the other struck. They charged through the battalion, brilliant laser swords in a controlled hurricane that whipped apart row upon row of battle droids until the last one fell with a mechanized groan. They moved forward in determined silence toward Rogue. Her hand gripped beneath her, dirt and shed corgi fur between her fingers, and eyes blinking through the thick Kadonimordian air pulse quickening as she saw her future in front of her. Through the mist, two silhouettes emerged. The glow of their blades giving off enough light to eliminate any doubt of who approached. Of who could pull off something as impossible as this rescue. There stood Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Brothers in arms of the Jedi Order. And together... They were unstoppable.
1: Now that's what I'm talking about. It started off slow and I was a little bit worried, but it built up the anticipation. Was Anakin going to tell Obi-Wan what happened on Tatooine? Nope, they were going to rescue Rue. And the way Ruby described them working together was phenomenal. The way one attacked while the other defended, that part right there made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And the way it finished was great. Brothers in arms of the Jedi Order. But I couldn't help but to think,
0: my brother Anakin. I loved you.
1: Which kind of soured the ending of the story. But that's what it made me think of. Overall, it was a decent part. But the story as a whole, I would have to give like a 6. They needed more action. But you know how I am. I love a good story. But when it comes to a story like this, you gotta have more action to keep listeners engaged. And there was like 80% talking and 20% action. Make it like 50-50 and we got a great story. But this was a good way to start the first part of the Clone Wars. All right, enough with all that. We still have an inspirational quote to share. So let's turn to the words of Maya Angelou, who once said, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me break it down for you. You see, success isn't solely measured by external achievements or social standards. It's about finding contentment within ourselves. True success lies in genuinely liking who you are, finding joy in what you do, and taking pride in how we approach our work. It's about aligning our actions with our values and passions. So instead of chasing after someone else's definition of success, this quote reminds us to focus on our own sense of fulfillment. When we genuinely enjoy and appreciate ourselves, our chosen pursuits and the way we go about them, that's when we can truly call ourselves successful. It's about finding that inner satisfaction that transcends external validation. So let this quote be our guiding light. Let's prioritize self-acceptance, finding joy in our endeavors, and embracing our unique ways of doing things. When we can genuinely say we like ourselves, what we do and how we do it, we have achieved a profound level of success. Remember, success starts from within. So go ahead, embrace your true self, pursue what brings you joy, and take pride in your individual approach. You got this, and I think that's about it for this episode. Make sure that you turn it into next week's show because it's the season finale, and that means I will be reading emails, giving shout outs, and the best part of the season, the giveaways. I'm so excited because we are giving away some cool stuff, and it is where you will get the 411 on the future of Star Wars Audio Archives. What we have planned for the future which after my team and I have read through a zillion emails, I think everyone will be delighted with the changes that are coming. But you will have to tune in the next week's show to get all the juicy details. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Sway Cast Networks. This show was produced by Quinn McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan, sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.